Hey, I'm Luis, and this is Fonzie, and welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content, all this while having a good time. That is right, the goal of this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go! Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for the love and support. What are we talking about today? Guys, today, make your B2B business famous through podcasting. Woo. Let that spotlight shine on you, Let's baby. go. I know. I can't if, wait. If you don't like podcasting, you should leave. No, I'm kidding. You should stay <laughs> so you love podcasting. So you love podcasting. Uh, but if you've go, been thinking go. about launching or if you already have a podcast and you've been thinking, how can I make or get this podcast into other people's ears? Then this episode is right down your alley. That's right. Guys, and if you're enjoying those episodes, please go ahead and hit the follow, the little plus button at the top in your favorite podcasting platform and connect with us on social media at Beats Bros. Go. We've been getting amazing comments in all the micro assets that we've been putting out there. Thank you so much for the love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Are you proud? I am so proud. <laughs> I am so proud. I love it. I That's love awesome. it. awesome. Guys, and if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. New day, new guest, and today we'll have the one guy that will help your B2B business shine under the spotlight. That is right. Today's guest will help you and your business become famous and get all the relationships, eyeballs, and hopefully all the moolah mm. you have been searching for. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the founder of Fame, a B2B podcasting growth agency, and Bcast, a SaaS for podcasting hosting. In simple words, today's guest is a total badass of an entrepreneur. So excited for this, please welcome the one and only Tom Hans. What is up, Tom? <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Um, really great, really great vibe. Yeah, I'm really good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Thank you so much. We're very excited to have you here. You know, we've been a little bit back and forth trying to find the right date. And I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know if it's the universe speaking <laughs> to us, but we're talking the same day that England is playing. So I don't know. You know, I think it's 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 meant to be. It's meant to be today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, surprise. We're just talking uh, football today. There's no, uh, there's no content. I'm <laughs> no. Anyways. Tom, obviously, uh, you, you've been in the media world for, for quite a bit, right? So be, before we dive into kind of your story there, um, you know, what's, you share this story about growing a podcast from zero to 140,000 downloads, We're right? going straight for the gold in here. Straight for the gold. So <laughs> can you share a little bit of, of that? Like, how, how did it happen? Yeah, I, I before this call, I was just <laughs> writing down like, all the things that I think are like working for B2B podcast growth right now through client shows and through my own show. And there's like seven <laughs> things I think that we can run through. Mm. Um, and I'll caveat this. If you like Google how to grow a podcast, you'll come up with like 20 articles that will all basically <laughs> say the same thing. They'll say list on Apple podcast. They'll say share snippets and they'll say, ask your guest to share on social media. Those are the three things, which obviously like, it's like the most, ba I don't know, I don't want to call it bullshit, but it's like really basic. <laughs> yeah. And so the, I'm not going to say any of those three things. I'm sure you'll be happy to hear. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure like all the listeners too, which by the way, like I, I, that's like the same blog post that everybody repurposed. Like, you know? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's complete bullshit, isn't it? And, and if you try that, yeah, like obviously that's like the most 
like everybody's doing it. So therefore, by definition, there's no advantage. So, I mean, should we just jump right in? Let's yeah, it. that's it. We're going for it. We call them here golden boulders. Just so <laughs> you know, we have a special sound for those as well. Uh, so okay. you might hear that throughout the show. But why don't you share the golden boulder right now? We build it up. So people are like at the edge of their seat. It better be good. Right. So <laughs> hey, I might throw a question back at you guys. Sure. The, this is probably, I think, the most important statement in the whole of marketing, maybe sales, and maybe even business as well. And that is before you try and grow anything, what is like the most important thing to ensure before you start doing that? Before you start to fill up the bucket, what do you need to ensure? Interesting. I mean, I will say you need to know your the, the research. You need to do the previous work to know exactly what you need to you know, who you're going to talk to, what you're going to say, your message, all those things. Are you, are, or are you solving a problem, right, for somebody else? Is all of these things are, are, are very important, but arguably the thing that you need to, like, basically, if you're chucking water in a bucket, what do we need to make sure we definitely don't have in that bucket yeah, we don't want before the we throw more water in? There's no yeah. holes. Exactly. Exactly. And so the, the phrase here that this is like the ultimate thing for like anyone listening, I think, like business, not just growing podcasts, <laughs> yeah. but it's retention is the foundation of growth. Mm. Yes. So what this means is before we start to do anything with our podcast, we want to ensure that any listeners that we are attracting to the show, we retain. Yeah. Mm. So then the question is, what makes like the, the only way you're going to retain listeners is if you create audio that's valuable for your ideal listener yep so basic stuff like who's your ideal listener persona we don't need to cover that but then in terms of what actually makes a good episode there's really three things or we like to break it down into three areas one is just like production quality like just get an audio editor from upwork make yeah. it sound nice get a good mic you guys have this nailed down that's the first thing very easy the second is host talent so you guys have a great vibe, you bounce off each other, you're good at communicating, you know the subject matter, like these are things you need. The host that we have on that show, the 140K downloads, is like incredible. Mm -hmm. Like she's got 100K followers on Instagram, she was an influence in the space already. It, like obviously she's a doctor, so she knows the subject matter, that, that's a medicine related yeah. podcast. And her comm skills are like off the chain. And so... If you're a marketer and you have your company podcast and the person who is the host, like you can definitely train people to get better at comms <laughs> or communicating, yeah. but yeah. it also may be worth changing the host or testing another host that has like the, the spark. Do you know what yep. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that is, and I know you got some, some more golden boulders in there, but I think this, <laughs> you like that one, don't you? <laughs> uh, but I think it's very important that the, the talent side of things. And a lot of people don't think about it this way. They just think, oh, I have quality content. I have a quality message. But often they overlook the quality of the person that is delivering that message, right? The energy that, that they put through the mic. Are they actually captivating right yeah. and a lot of times we've found with the people that we work and that we've helped that actually the persona their personality is one of the best elements to retain listeners i would put it even sometimes par and par with like the quality of the message like if somebody mm. has incredible message but their personality is just not there 
still going to be very difficult yeah. to retain those listeners. And like you said, right, retention is a foundation of growth. At the end of the day, we want to make sure we're keeping the listeners that we're getting on the podcast. Yeah, we've actually dedicated like a full a full conversation on this because uh, I think ego, right, like comes in the way maybe sometimes for the people that are creating their own platform. They're like, like I have to be the talent. Maybe they're, they've done it. They've done a lot of work to get to that point, but then there's still some work to do, right? Like, for example, this is episode 352. We've had 352 opportunities to get it better every single time. You should not listen to episode one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm very curious because uh, have you work with a lot of businesses, right? And just like a quick parenthesis here, have you ever had a conversation where you're like, hey, maybe for your company, you're not the right fit? <laughs> and I'm very curious, like, what is that reaction inside of the company, right? Because sometimes either the CEO, we talked about the CEO being like the head of, you know, that attractive character or somebody in the leadership team has to be that character to to lead the conversations. Have you ever had that those conversations? Fortunately, we're a little bit insulated from that. We have our typically have our main client contact who often isn't the host. Um, and then we would give feedback to them. And then awesome. they have to then go work <laughs> internally. But we have definitely said like yeah. some Clients have been like, here's our three possible hosts. Who do you think it should be? Awesome. Oh, so we've nice. done that. And we've also, like, they've come to us with an existing show with this existing host, and then we've made recommendations, we, we call them, but we're not yeah. actually in the convos. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome podcast trials yeah. in there. So so you <laughs> mentioned, right, what makes a good episode? You mentioned production, the host talent, obviously, and then there was a third that you are about to Exactly. Do. So the third thing which, like, can be worked upon and should be worked upon is guest quality. Mm-hmm. So as long as we're sounding good, the production's there, we have the good host. The next thing that really is going to impact the quality of the audio in order to retain listeners still, we're not even on promotion yet, is guest quality. So then the question is, how do you get bigger and better guests? Now, in the last two weeks, I think I've booked, and I don't want to blow my own t- trumpet, <laughs> I would say like three of the biggest names in the B2B marketing space on my show. And my show is like, it's not a top one in B2B, but it's like, I would say mid-tier. So yeah. then the question is, how do we manage this? Ooh. And I've got a couple of a couple of insights. So, and for, first, those people are is Chris Walker of mm. Refine Labs, Andrew yeah. Gavdecki of MicroAcquire, and David Hanmar Hansen of Thirty Seven Signals. Pretty big names, right? Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Absolutely. So the question is, how do we get these people to the guest? I think step one is the very first time you pitch them, because basically you're, you're trying to get them to sell their time to you. And so before you do that, you want to like ensure they know who you are, right? Maybe add value to them in some way, whether that's liking, commenting on the LinkedIn post, giving them other opportunities. Yeah. Um, for example, with Chris Walker, we booked him on a client show, which was like a big one. Mm-hmm. And so I think he kind of liked us. Um, <laughs> and so step one is just like warm them up without the pitch. Yeah. Step two then, if you can come in with the pitch and you just have to be very clear about, we're trying to get them to give us their time, which is yep. clearly very valuable in some cases. What are they going to get for that? So you just be brutally honest about like, this is exactly the amount of exposure I'm going to get for you. And here's how much time you're going to have, have to invest. So it's like 45 minutes you'll get promoted to all these different audiences. I'd love to talk to you about why this specific thing that I know about you. Yep. So they basically don't have to think. And so those are a couple of things that have helped. One final little tip there mm. is in all of those pitches, I've said, we are, as in my show, is one of the most downloaded shows in B2B marketing. Mm. And that is like quite hard to validate, yep. but is also not not true. And so it's like an attractive pitch and maybe a little bit ambitious, 
Yeah. But it's something that shows credibility. It's something that shows that they have a show that people listen to. There's social proof in that. Um, and the way you word that is that you're not actually lying, right? Because what if most downloaded mean? And I'm pretty sure we are actually yeah. one of the most downloaded. So that's the, the, just some little tips on on getting bigger and better guests. Yeah. I, I love this. We actually, I don't remember where I heard this, but I mean, you're talking mainly about positioning in this last piece of advice, right? And I don't remember exactly who I listened to this from cannot claim the full credit, but they were talking about create a category of one, right? So you're jo creating John this, Lee Dumas. It was, was it John Lee Dumas? Yeah. You're creating nice. your own category that now you own all the stats, right? So you could be the be <laughs> the most listened podcast on B2B uh, poppies industry. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, right? Like you make it up, but at the end of the day, you own that industry, that category of one, which again, allows you to have all those stats and all that leverage when yeah. it comes to pitching <clears throat> other people to come into your shows. I think yeah. that point right there is extremely important. I remember when uh, when we first started, right? I, I mean, uh, we I think we thought very big from the very beginning. We like we were like, there's no shame, like there's nothing to lose, really. Like if they say no, like we stay here, right? This where we are now, and then you know the next episode. But uh, people kept saying yes, right? And and I think like from the very beginning, the people that we wanted to bring to the show all said yes. We only had one person say no, and then they came later because of our recommendation. But I nice. think part of it is. Um, Internally, I think we were so tired of like, uh, we tried a podcast before, we tried content before, and then we found this medium in Content is Profit that became our thing, our way to be comfortable in front of a camera initially, right? And it, it has evolved quite a bit. So we're like, you know, we have nothing to lose. Let's just go ask, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just Steve Sims, the last episode, he was sharing a story where he's like, how do I get all these amazing billionaires, right? And, and, and these things that I've done with them. Uh, to say yes, and he called everybody, and everybody said, "You just, you just asked." So yeah, sometimes like nobody ever asked. <laughs> nobody ever asked. <laughs> so it's like you know, inviting, inviting to to dinner like the prettiest girl, right? Like th those things, and uh, a lot of the people that that come to us and. And ask those questions. This is probably one of the most popular ones. Like they feel intimidated uh, in some sort. And we, there's certain guests that we obviously feel intimidated, but we go past that with some of the elements that you just mentioned, like, you know, warming them up, create that connection initially, right? Uh, come in with a, a solid pitch, let them think, so that, don't let them think things, make it easy for them, right? And the leverage. And leverage, I think, was a concept that for us it, it initially was very awkward. And I remember having a conversation with Amanda about this, Amanda Holmes. And we're like, because she sees leverage in a very complete different way when we talk to her. And now it's completely different. We're like, this is a tool, a business tool, right? So uh, for you personally, or maybe for the people, have you ever encountered some some friction, right, in this process? Is this something that you guys have to work through a lot with the companies that you help? Yeah, like, because when companies pay our business in order to start and grow the podcast for them, we, we're responsible for booking guests. Yeah, yeah. And so... We run outreach typically through the client's LinkedIn profile or just as the producer fame. Yeah. Um, and we're responsible for doing this. And so, yeah, like we have some clients that say we only want people with over 1 million YouTube subscribers and they have like not that amount of audience and don't have a live podcast yet. And so yeah. we have to try and work out how to do that. And sometimes you just can't, right? Because yeah. The, yeah. the value equation doesn't work for these people because their time is worth like thousands of dollars per hour and we have no yep. potential value to show them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we can go more into like guest booking and outreach if we need to, or we could move on to like actual promotion. Yeah, I think you you 
the one thing that Fonzie came to us and he's like, we need to talk about this is your formula for becoming famous, right? And, uh, you know, I think like mm. in today's world, I think that's super interesting. Not just like for the heck of being famous, but, yeah. you know, the, the w there's a framework. We, we love talking about frameworks and we love implementing frameworks. So if there's a structure where companies can potentially, you know, package this and if it's something that obviously your company yeah. does on the back end, absolutely. But like, what are some you know, tips or, or how can people start implementing this yeah. on their daily publishing? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, what I understood for becoming famous is not necessarily like, we're going to make you TikTok famous, but it's uh, your, the messaging that you put to say, hey, we're going to make you one of the most recognizable brands inside of your niche, inside of your industry. Mm -hmm. So people, when they see you, they think they have the solution to my problem. See, exactly right. There's only two steps to becoming famous in any niche. The best example I like to give is Taylor Swift. If we think about what Taylor Swift did first in the country music world, mm. is that she got from a very, very young age, really good at con consistently creating a specific type of content in this example, country music. That's step one. Step two is she was just seen around other famous people in the niche. So other, she went on other country music artists songs. She had them collab on her tunes and she got pretty famous in country music very fast. And then she gets to like 18 years old and she's like, okay, now I want to be a pop star. So she just gets really, really good at creating pop music and then collabs with all different people in the pop music world. Yeah. And you can also see that she's done like rap collabs. She's done like dance music collabs because she wants to get her tunes like exposed to those audiences. So that's it. Step one, create a lot of really good content consistently around a specific niche. Step two is be seen around other famous people in that niche. Mm -hmm. And so obviously the example I've given there is maybe a little bit far flung, like not super yeah. relatable to people listening. And so... Let's like get a bit more specific, shall we? Yep. Let's do it. The two best like channels in order to do this in a specific like business related niche is A, LinkedIn, and B, a podcast. So if we like break, take that back to the formula, step one is create a lot of consistently good con content around a specific niche. And so the way I approach this is just every day, sometimes five days a week, sometimes seven days a week, I'll be writing stuff just text posts, sometimes screenshots about B2B marketing or be like B2B in general every day consistently. And if you saw my post like nine months ago, you'd be like, okay, that's a bit a week. It's a bit watered down. And then if you thought like maybe one of the recent ones, you'd be like, okay, that's very sharp, a lot more engagement. So I'm just honing that skill, right? Consistently yeah. creating content in the niche. And then step two is being seen around other famous people in the niche. We just covered that I've booked three of the most famous people in B2B on the show. And so when I post or when we people listen to the show and they see my brand associated with these other famous people, they're like, okay, Tom's also a, a name yeah, in B2B yeah, marketing. Yeah. And so that's like high level how the, how the process works. Yeah. We, we actually, it's funny. We came up to a little bit of a similar epiphany when we started this show in a, I'll say kind of like funny way. We recorded our first 20 episodes by ourselves, right? Because we thought, ah, if we get a podcast, we're going to get people listening. And eventually, <laughs> all of a sudden, we're going to get clients, right? Uh, definitely wrong. Repeat this episode if you still have that belief. <laughs> Just listen to the whole thing again. But what happened to us is after episode 20, we found ourselves asking, okay, what next? We already said everything that, that we knew, right? Either we just keep saying it again or maybe we find a guest. What if we find somebody and bring him to the podcast? And at that moment, we had a mentor and we asked him to come to the show. And he's somebody that in his industry, his people really know him. So we're like, okay, we brought him in. 
we did our thing. It was the first time that we did like a crazy introduction. We're like, okay, we're gonna we're going all out. If he loves it, awesome. If he hates it and leaves, well, we just do another solo episode, right? <laughs> and at the end of the day, it paid off. Yeah. And he's coming at the end. He's like, guys, this was absolutely amazing. I rarely come for a second time to a podcast, but if you guys want me to come again, he's like, Ooh. I'm all yours. And we're like, I think we're onto something. I think we're onto something cool. And then what we decided to do was. He's pretty big, like way bigger than us. What if we leverage his name to bring other big people? And that's what mm. we started doing, right? We started contacting people that were way out of our reach on a regular, you know, outreach basis. And what we started doing was literally our pitch to bring him in is like, hey, how are you doing? We have a podcast. We would love for you to be on the show. By the way, this guy was on the show too. Right? Mm. And then immediately they were like, I'm sure. in. No problem. And then once they came, that list started growing and growing. Once we started sharing content with them, and like you said, people started seeing us in the same screen with these people. They started putting together, oh, this guys must be pretty big until the mm -hmm. point that we were at an event that they were giving some prizes and people would come up to us and ask us like, oh, guys, congrats. You guys won the prize, right? And we're like, no, we, we, <laughs> we haven't won it. I mean, soon, you know, we're going that way, but we haven't won it. Like, why do you think that? And it's like, oh man, I see you everywhere with all these people, right? So it's incredible. The power of association is very, very powerful. For sure. The, the point that we miffed out in the Geft outreach part earlier in this is social proof. You're totally right. The first one is the hardest, but ensure you put other people that have been on the show at XYZ into your outreach, and that will immediately enable you to get bigger guests. And you're just climbing the ladder, right? Because mm -hmm. now I can say, you're like, I'm sure you guys have a crazy list, and so you just quote the three biggest names on your next outreach, yep. same, and it just, it like, every time it compounds. So that's such a really good, really, really, really good point. Um, all right, should we jump into, like, podcast promo specifically let's yes, do it. Let's is this the right time yeah i feel like people right now are like okay i got my podcast launched you know like we we close the leaky bucket we have the guests lined up we produce a podcast what now how do we get this to you know the eyeballs out there in the world and how do we build that fame if you want to put it that way for sure. So common misconception about podcasts is that they're not actually that good for growing an audience. They're incredibly good for building a great relationship with an existing audience or an audience that's coming from elsewhere. So really, we need to partner the podcast with what I believe to be right now is probably the easiest way to get to, to grow an audience or to get attention for cheap, which is everyone's talking about it, LinkedIn, right? Mm. And so I'm going to dig into two strategies personal page organic strategy and uh, LinkedIn company page, or actually more specifically podcast page, organic and paid strategies that people can use to grow their show. So first personal, like if you're going to be posting like your own insights that ideally are going to be related to the show. For example, I just post really about the hashtag B2B is the hashtag that I target and the yeah. show is called Confession of B2B Marketer. And so really what I think you should start doing is try just start with a cadence that you know you can be consistent with and just start posting things you're learning as you're doing whatever thing you're doing in your business around, like always try to include that one hashtag that relates to your show, but just keep posting organically at a cadence that you can that you can handle and then you start to look 
if people are commenting or engaging, what they're commenting or engaging on and tweak and iterate over time. Because if you do that, you do that for say a month, you're not asking for anything, you're not pitching. And then you write an awesome post talking about a specific insight from an episode you just released on your podcast, then that is automatically going to send the, the goodwill that you've accumulated over the past 30 days into podcast subscribers. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So we can make it like specific. I recently had a guest on the show who I actually met because he commented on one of my LinkedIn posts and he commented about his LinkedIn company page strategy that he's implementing. And so I brought him on the show and all we did in the episode of, of the podcast was clearly like outline this awesome LinkedIn company page strategy. Yeah. And then for the for the LinkedIn post that I wrote about that episode to promote it, the the tag at the start, like I put I pulled out like the most interesting or engaging thing, which is our LinkedIn page is dead, for example. Yeah. And then I wrote only about three hundred words, tagged him, linking comment to the episode, and it got like I don't know, it's one of my best, like not as big as some people, but like fifteen twenty k impressions wow. on a post that was pitching a podcast episode, right? And so. That's like the LinkedIn personal organic approach I try to take to connect with the podcast. Yeah, I, mm. I love it. So, question: like, We're heavy on video, right? Like we love we love video. Obviously, we record a video podcast, and then there's a ton of clips coming out. And there's there's new formats that we've tried. And on our side, part of our service is is that the micro clipping and selecting those ideas and things. So for LinkedIn, when you say content uh, on personal organic, you mean written content, right? Three hundred words or so ish. Uh, like whatever, so I choose written because I like this is the medium in which I think I'm best at. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm that good at video, um, but like everything I just said about the awesome. LinkedIn person posting can apply to image, it can apply to video as well. I love it, absolutely. That's definitely some of the things that, that we mentioned, right? Like we, when we shared the story and how we started, we've tried many different mediums and this is the thing that presented the least friction for us to publish and put out there consistently, like you mentioned, right? You have to be mm -hmm. sticking to your consistent cadence. Like, what is that, right? Measure your capacity, measure your resources. Is it just you? Do you have uh, team members in your company? Do you have VAs? Like, what is that? What are those resources? And then ma make sure that that is consistent over time, uh, which is probably what most people struggle initially is to create that consistent flow, right? Um, I love this. I don't know, yeah. Fons, do you have anything else? Well, I think... I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, right? One of the things that you mentioned at first was cadence. Like you got to figure out your cadence. Now, let's say there's somebody that has been posting consistently for a very long time and they haven't seen the levels of engagement, right? And for some means, they do have a good quality message. Like what could be happening there? Because I personally, I agree with you, first of all, I am 100% certain that like you need to be consistent with your cadence, but at the same time, not everybody that has been consistent over a long period of time with content has find the same levels or big levels of success, right? So what do you think is a determining factor there? Or what are some few elements that people might be able to tweak in their strategy to reach more people when they're trying to promote through this way? Yeah, I think it's... If you think back to our conversation at the start of this episode about choosing the podcast host, it's exactly the same question. Mm -hmm. So... You can break down someone's ability to create content into two pillars. Pillar number one is their knowledge. Like, do they actually know good things that can help people? And then pillar number two is how they communicate that knowledge. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so we were talking about that, yes, you need a host that has knowledge, but if they don't have the talent or the communication skills, then we should try and switch them up. So it's exactly the same thing. So what I would say to someone that's maybe struggling is on the communication side, you just need to get better at creating information in that medium, whether mm. it's divining images, whether it's creating video, or whether it's writing. And the way you get better is just by practicing. Mm. And so if, you're really, if you've been posting for like three months and you haven't got more than, I don't know, five likes on a post, then maybe I would stop and instead of posting, just practice and get private feedback from people in your team or people that you know. Uh, and so that's on the your ability to communicate in that medium. Yep. And then in terms of like your, your knowledge or like the the value you have, the, the the thing I find the easiest is just as I'm learning stuff. That's when I like that's the thing that I would create content around. Yep. And I guess then. If you're right at the start of your journey, then there isn't going to be that many people below you in the learning journey in that niche in order to get value. And therefore, again, like maybe just pause and like learn more. So you, you get higher up the mastery ladder of your yeah. niche. So there'll be more people below you and, more, and therefore more engagement. So maybe it's not a, it's not like a super like hacky answer, but it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Practice. Yeah. Solve that, both of those. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we stay away from hacks, by the way. Like, uh, just full, full disclosure. Like, uh, yeah, we're yeah. we're over with hacks. Yeah. Uh, we're over with hacks. I love that practice repetition. Yeah. And, um, but my next question was actually going to go maybe towards a hack, right? And you, like you mentioned, you are very present in the LinkedIn world, right? And there's this very big creator. I really like his content. I think it's really good. His name is Justin Welsh. I'm pretty sure you know who he is. And one of the things that he shares that he does, he has, I don't know exactly how he calls it, but he has a group, kind of like a pod of creators that when he shares a post, they all go and interact with the post and they help each other out. And he actually incentivizes people to do that. Kind of like get a group of creators that have kind of like tangent markets to what you are doing and help each other out with your posts at first when they start going out, right? Eventually, I mean, he doesn't need that right now. He has like thousands of people looking at his posts as soon as he's posting it out there. But I'm curious, like, is that something that you believe it is helpful, hurtful? What's your opinion on that? I think it, it can be both. First, it's helpful because obviously you release a post, you get the likes, you get the engagement, which exposes your post to the audience, et cetera, helps with the algorithm. So I like, as long as it's like real people, and they're leaving real comments, then it's helpful in that sense. Where it can be hurtful, though, remember we were talking about posting and then iterating based on what people are liking and disliking. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to do that, which you have to do, you have to then discount anybody that you has a social contract in order to like or comment, right? Because you need real data as to what's actually happening. Yeah, and yeah. For something like really, really bad that could happen, right? If you're at 30 days and you're getting these likes and comments from people in your pod, but no, nothing from people outside your pod. You think you're doing good. You continue. You don't improve. Like ultimately, the goal is not the engagement. It well, yeah. the goal is true engagement. But you get there by creating better content, both in terms of your knowledge and the way you communicate it. Yeah. And you don't want to shield the feedback. You don't want to be hidden from that feedback because that's ultimately where the long-term success will come from. Yeah. So, and if you have a different opinion about this, feel free to share. We, you know, sometimes in here we like a little debate, but. Personally, I think the value of engagement mainly is not just the number of engagement, like, oh, I got a whole bunch of comments, but is an opportunity to start conversations that can lead to opportunities within your business, right? So I want you listening right now to think about it that way. I don't want you to think, oh, I'm just not getting a, lot, a whole lot of likes and comments. And then 
If you do, you just leave them there. No, those are opportunities for you to interact with those people and keep the conversation going, right? Whether you move that conversation to a DM, to a call, and explore whether there's an opportunity of you helping them solve their problems. Yeah, for sure. Totally right. Like the example I gave of, he's actually called Mikhail, who came on the show and shared his LinkedIn post strategy because he commented on my post and then we started chatting. Yep. Um, totally, totally correct. I do, so my view on like pitching people in the audience, and this is actually taken from Alex Hormozzi, who I think has built like a big audience in a very short yeah. time. Yeah. He is basically, like, I mean, his pitches are just quite nice because he is selling his own money. Um, but his theory here is that the longer, like every time you pitch, you like lose a bit of goodwill. And the longer you don't pitch for, the faster that will compound. And so like with pretty much every, like podcast and LinkedIn, so everything we spoke about so far, I actually don't pitch at all. The only pitch I'll make is from LinkedIn to podcast to listen, which is quite a nice pitch. Um, and so we just trust that people that want our service will, will come and find us. Obviously, we're quite easy to find, and then we'll request the demo. And so I think that maybe it obviously depends. If you need cash like to live, then yeah, I would maybe be a bit harsh with the pitching in podcasts, comments, et cetera, and on LinkedIn posts. But if you don't have to, you're actually going to grow a bigger audience faster, yeah. which ultimately will lead to more long-term cash if you if you skip yeah. on pitching. Absolutely. Playing the that long-term game. Yeah. Uh, Tom, this has been so awesome. I think like you had a second strategy on LinkedIn that it was a podcast page paid, right? Do you want to dive into that a little bit? And then we have one last question before we close out the show. Deal? For sure. Yeah. So this is actually, I have to give a shout out to Mikhail on this one. He actually started, it's just absolute genius. So he, he has a head of marketing for a B2B company called Slice. Yeah. Slice, their ideal persona is like safety managers, mm. like super niche, yeah. like these guys, they don't get to go home and like talk to their husband or wife about safety management after work. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like super niche. And so all he started doing on his LinkedIn page before they even had a podcast was because he knew the customer well, he put common, common questions that you would ask a safety manager or common controversial statements in a single image yeah. and just post that to the LinkedIn page with the safety manager hashtag and then just the one line question in the post. Very simple. Yeah. And he just started getting like crazy. Like He started getting a little bit of engagement and they started getting crazy engagement, like hundreds of comments, like insane. And obviously all those people are ideal like customers for him. And so then he started taking the ones after 24 hours, if they got a bit of engagement, he'd, he'd boost them with paid. So this is just a sick LinkedIn page strategy, right? Yeah. Like, Love that. But then he took it to the next level and he actually created the podcast based on and brought on the guests who had the most authoritative comments. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he had 10, like he had probably 20 guests lined up immediately because they already knew and liked the brand. Yeah. And then he transitioned, obviously, like they were asking similar questions in each episode and he would just cut out the snippet for that question of the most engaging, exciting, controversial, post that back to the page, boost the ones that worked the best, and then obviously just linked to the podcast in the comments mm. and so that it the, the company he, he's called mikhail the company's called slice just go and check out how they're running that linkedin page eight thousand followers now not massive but obviously the niche yeah. is the like niche. safety management is super specific <laughs> and so that's what i think um people should be doing one caveat though also is that what i've started doing with my show now is i've created the page for the podcast mm. and i put my like that page on my profile host of etc and then we're running that strategy pretty much, but through that mm. that LinkedIn page, which is the podcast. Yeah. So I, I think you can test on both, but I'm now starting to edge towards having a LinkedIn company page for the podcast and running it through that, or at least that's what we're testing at the moment. 
Absolutely. That's awesome. And then obviously, uh, where can people see, like, obviously we're going to link all your social media channels right below so people can just yeah. scroll down on the podcast and, and yeah. go. And, I'm going to look for happening. this episode too and I'm going to link it in the in the description as well so they can go and check it out. Yeah, I, I love... Uh, Tom, thank you so much for, for sharing so openly about the things that you guys are doing. Obviously, if people want to connect with you guys, where can they go? Where can they find you the best way? Yeah, so Tom Hunt on LinkedIn. If you have any specific questions, just DM me. Fame.so is the B2B podcast service. And then confessions of a B2B marketer is where I'm like, I, I yeah, like solo episodes similar to what we've covered today. And then big, big name guests, as we've discussed. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully you're going to get bigger. Yeah, Bizra's coming soon. Just saying. Uh, I'm just going to put that. Put him under, uh, uh, under uh, the spot uh, yeah, right yeah. <laughs> You don't have to ask it right now, Tom. It's okay. I've been, I've been neglected before. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Tom, like last question of the show. Like where, um, where would you be if you'd never published? Great question. I think that it would have been very hard. So right now, it would have been very hard to for fame to be where it is today. We have like 30, 40 people, 60 clients. I think, so they, that's in three years. I think if we were rounded three years and just like played forward time without publishing, I reckon we'd potentially be half the size. That's like the impact this will have. Maybe like... 60 70% even 50% of the size um and so I think that is like the kind of impact that producing like good specific valuable content can have on any specifically b2b business I don't know much about b2c but like yeah it's made a big difference that's awesome yeah thanks for sharing uh any any last thoughts no I appreciate your uh, man your honesty how incredible this episode has been there's lots of golden boulders i'm sure people are going to put it on repeat this episode and if you haven't thought about putting it on repeat yet make sure you put it again and listen to it over and over because there's plenty that you can learn here and literally break it down in chunks and be like okay how do i stop my leaky bucket first and then how do i go to find my guests and then after all that you can listen it again and say hmm how am i gonna promote my podcast and get all the eyeballs and attention that i need to grow it so Thank you so much, Tom. It has been absolutely incredible. My pleasure, guys. I mean, I the, the vibe is great. You guys <laughs> have just cultivated a great vibe for the show, like very different to other B2B <laughs> shows. So great work and just keep going. Thank, thank you. I appreciate, appreciate it. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Co. That is right. And if Tom here help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and... And leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.